Round six saw the Cats play Brisbane at the SCG, strangely, in strange times. 73 to 46 point victory to the Cats. Interstate against Brisbane. High pressure outfit team with mm. Lockie Neal, Jared Lyons, some great high pressure footballers there. McGluggage, even though he had an unfortunate game. We're bringing the old band back today, which I love. <laughs> welcome, Zach. Welcome, all. Great to be back, boys. Yes, yes. Very good, very good. Very happy to be here. How did we see this match as a whole? It was a real topsy-turvy match. Brisbane came out firing, high-pressure outfit that we've seen, I guess, in 2019. Repeated itself in 2020. Albeit with probably a bit more experience. Oscar McInerney um, and similar players that were a bit raw earlier on. Now have found their feet. Going to this game... Realistically, I probably expected Brisbane to win. I did chip Geelong because I'm not a trader. <laughs> but how did you see the start of this game? What, what were you expecting? I guess, were you, were you expecting the, the pressure that Brisbane brought? I think we've come to expect it with Brisbane, haven't we? They're a pretty high-pressure high pressure side. Chris Fagan's got them playing a really aggressive brand of footy and it was a bit worrying in that first, first and second quarter there. I thought that they were going to get over the top of us. They probably wasted a few opportunities that they should have should have kicked. I think he mentioned that in the presser. Yeah, there's uh, a, a bit of pressure on them as being one of the, well, if not one of the worst converting teams, the worst converting team of the season thus far, um, just not converting their opportunities. And, and thankfully for us, they, they didn't. It gave us an potential in into the into the match um but yeah oh, frankly i was um yeah stressed <laughs> a little bit stressed about the uh possibility of them running over the top of us it looked like they were all over us at one point um you know the goal from Lockie neal along the boundary line was was very very silky indeed so um you know and Charlie Cameron seemed to be buzzing around as as usual, um, but then, you know, out out of nothing, uh, towards the back end of that second quarter, Geelong just gradually started to build some momentum, and then, you know, you couldn't have predicted what happened in the next quarter. Quinton Narkel, fast paced, can clear the midfield, goes down, hamstring injury. The quarterback could be caught in. Mitch Duncan goes down, another hamstring injury. We've got two on the bench. Uh, yeah, at this point in time, the deficit that we were down by in the second quarter looked like we were yeah. buried in our... Very, very mm. much out of the game, for sure. Something towards that end of the second quarter held us in it. Whatever it was, if it was a team talk at halftime, we can speculate as to what it really was, but... It, individual players and we'll highlight them later on but the team as a whole third quarter came out with an absolute bang Zach it was seven uninterrupted goals I, I, I think I told you Ollie didn't I it reminded me back of the 07, 08, 09 days when you can just smack on half a dozen maybe even ten goals in succession and just oh, it was great to watch couldn't have predicted it as you said but uh that, that set them up for the rest of the game. And with these shortened quarters, if you can nail three, four goals unanswered, then you can, you can almost coast through that to the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, the, uh, the margins for error seem to be um, <clears throat> smaller at the moment, but also the, the, the margins for victory as well don't have to seemingly be massive um, mm. or as, as you know pronounced as they were in, in a, a more standard or regular year. Unless he's in Kilda, of course. <laughs> Third quarter, we came out and the midfield looked totally different. The sparks this season, so we've had Brennan Parfit in the midfield, as opposed to last couple of seasons where he's been initially at half forward, then on the wing, then in the middle. Uh, we know last year's story of Gaz being up forward and the centre being as it was. This year, Scott has pointed out there's been a lot of rotations and a lot of people have flooded through the centre, even when that be the Menangola, Cam Guthrie, whether that be the big three times. Um, I think it was that ability, just whoever it was, provided that intensity. And he saw that for me, it was epitomised probably with the, I'll call it the, 
or what I don't like to call it, but the Tom Lynch Hawkins slapping the ball forward at times mm. and at any yeah, cost. Yeah, just, just like that rush, uh, you know, rush it forward, Richmond, yeah. mm. chaos footy kind of. Yeah. That's not the most attractive brand, but... But I think the defense is... Yeah, and it's the inside 50 efficiency that, for me, gets cats over the line. And the stats back up that. I think we're in the top top six in that category. Yeah, yeah. and moment. last year when we were in, um, you know, season's best form, uh, they were the most efficient side going inside 50 and took their opportunities. And so... Not much has changed, you know. If you take and and particularly with the shortened quarters, if you're taking your opportunities and you're efficient going inside fifty, then you're likely to um, do well, you know, in a game and potentially win it. I think some stats to back that up. Looking here, so Brisbane actually beat <clears throat> beat us in the inside fifty. So we had thirty eight for the match compared to their forty three. Their disposal efficiency just coming in at sixty three hours, ticking over at seventy. So there's probably that's potentially the so difference. So they're getting plenty of chances. Efficiency inside 50, 60.5 to Geelong, 34.9 for Brisbane. Yeah. So that's that's double, that up. Yeah. just the difference. The double. Yeah. Oh, it is the difference for mm. sure. And I think Blitz was key down back in re- reducing those and getting it to ground, but it was the players surrounding him to get it out. And from there, they're used to just win it and get it down the line. Um, for me, I thought that Jed Buse is actually one of the players that was so underrated and so under-talked about because he played a role on Charlie Cameron who didn't see the ball in the second half. Mm. And for that reason, we didn't see Jed Buse. Mm. And he's done it before against Charlie Cameron. And he's, for me, he's one of the greatest defenders on small forwards, quick small forwards. Eddie, he's done it on Eddie Betts. Eddie Betts, yeah. He's a bit maligned, I think, because of his disposal efficiency at times. Maybe he isn't that good, he's kicking. So I think Mm. some people like to have a bit of a sledge at him for that, but But he's a great player. He's a very good shutdown player. And and he's willing to... um, He'll break out, of a, break out of a pack as well. Yeah, and he'll, he's willing to sacrifice his own game if it means the team getting over the line. So That's right. We've had comments to us in the past saying, saying to the effect of, I'd like to see Buse in the midst, in the guts, occasionally, mm. which is a, Interesting. A, a very strange stretch. But it, I guess he's, um, his willingness for the contest, that's where that comes from. Yeah, and he, and he's, he he's, got a, he's got a bit of dare he will take... You know, now, take the ball under his arm and try yeah. and take off. And that's okay. You yeah. want to see that. Mm. Yeah. Some specific players to highlight from the game. Obviously, Danger, he clocked up the numbers with the disposals and contested count. Um, I thought Hawkins was really, really fantastic up forward, playing an unselfish game as well. Uh, we've seen this probably three games in a row now, I think. Hawkins playing fantastic. It's not only that set shot that... The left to right from 45 mm. metres mm. out in the boundary, but his short kicks and his eyes for goal are setting up straight away. And his yeah. ability to use his body just to almost um, back off the defender opposite to provide a screen. Yep. Yep. Mm. And he's, uh, you, you, well, you'd notice it's, it's been uh, widely talked about. He seems to be much leaner than previous years, so he's able, to, he's even more mobile. Um, than previous uh, seasons yeah. when mm. that has been one of his greatest strengths or something he's really mm. worked on that he seems to have developed. Three goals, one, 15 touches. And not and don't forget who he's playing on, Harris Andrews, who many say will be the AA full-back or maybe centre-half-back, so mm. took him the cleaners. Yeah, really and taught him Luke Hodge uh, calls him the, possibly the best defender he's played with. Well, that's really. it. I mean, he's a great, he's a great up-and-coming player, but he... Got taught a fair bit of a lesson, I think, so he'll learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. So with two down, his players shone, and one arguably best on ground, Sam Manigola. Mm. His role this season has completely changed from I'll, I'll, what yeah. I'll put down as a really poor 2019 for Sam Manigola knowing what he's produced in 2017 what we've seen parts of him in 2018 his efficiency going inside forward is fantastic Mm. we know that he's a great kick inside forward a great kick at goal this season what's happened what's been the change there for Sam is it 
as simple as Tim Kelly has left, which has opened the room for Sam to pick up a, a a new role slot there, or has his game overall just improved? I think it could be a bit of both. I mean, you'd be amazed what confidence can do, you know, if you get down in the dumps a little bit, but you just have two or three good games, you get your confidence back. I mean, as you said, he knows what he's capable of producing. 2018, he was absolutely unreal last year. He wasn't too good, but he's one of the safest kicks inside 50 for the team, a bit like what Jimmy Bartell used to be. Mm. Just back him from nearly anywhere to mm. kick the set shot. He's a beauty. And, and you know, the media was uh, was making point of um, pointing out Sam Simpson's game and pointing out Sam Menegola's game. But, uh, I was going to leave Sam Simpson for you while <laughs> you were talking about. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll dwell on him oh, come on. a bit. Um, but uh, Chris Scott in particular said... Um, in the presser that uh, he that's just what he expects from Menegola now um, he's a bona fide AFL player is what he referred to him as so mm. um, it's it's nothing out of the ordinary for Sam to be um, you know potentially in, in, in the best players for us when he's in form he is one of our better midfielders for sure and another Sam, Sam Simpson, I'll throw it straight back to you. Oh, 27 disposals for his first game in 2020. Didn't first play game, 700 in 2019. Odd. Played one game in 2018 and six, I think, in 2017. A father-son prodigy. Happy oh, thoughts. Very, All yeah, yours. Very, very, very happy, man. I love the endeavour of, of um, Sam Simpson. So... That's always been um, something that I've um, watched, you know, from from him, um, and it's worth noting that uh, he's been banging on the door for a while. Um, VFL best and fairest last year, um, and there's, there were some flashes of brilliance at that at that. Uh, lower level um some of the highlights and blind turns and you know things like this breaking out of packs um he's put on some size as well as i'm sure people have noticed um so he's you know not getting pushed around or he's able to hold his own a bit more now um just has a crack and and gets in and under and he's uh you know just a workman just like uh Someone else, uh, Atkins, sort of is as well. You know these these sorts of players that, you know, they they're a second tier, but you know, they they can kind of be the um, the the players that uh, spiritual leaders. These these types of players. So, look, if 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 Sam can hold his spot long term or have you know have a breakout year, then that's terrific. 27 disposals, 13 contested possessions. I think it was 18 pressure acts for Sam Simpson on the night. Now, Zach, are we being too generous there? He, <laughs> there's one game being played by Zach. Look, but not, not by <laughs> Zach, no, sorry. No, 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 no. I'll take <laughs> one game. No, <laughs> Look, those of you who don't know, clearly Ollie's head of the Sam Simpson fan club. For the last <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, look, I mean... You, you can't get ahead of yourself after one game. Sorry, yeah. mate. Yeah, I'll oh, be look, down look, there, but, yeah, no worries. But, but at the same time, I think it was a big ask of him to come in, big shoes to fill. It was a big game against good opponents, as you said, a strong midfield. But I think for me, the fact that he was able to come in, get his hands on the footy the way he did, he held his own. That's right. I think that was the most promising part for me. It is only one game, but no reason why this can't be a little stepping stone yeah, for and, him going yeah, forward. Yeah, does, he doesn't have to get... You know, over twenty every every week. Twenty seven in limited format. Yeah, that's um, that's terrific. You on the wing, you play playing every week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, look, I'm yeah, I'm just happy happy to see him doing well. Um, yeah, but um, and it's just a, I guess, just like a you know one of these uh, local products or like a a, a young player that is. My, Geelong, you know, my reservations would be, I guess, the fact that it is one game 
and there would be reasons behind why he didn't play yep. in 2019, even though he had a B and F year for the VFL. Yep. Not being selected for at least one game. I'm not putting a, a damp on his performance at all because 27 disposals, he was amazing Sam Simpson. Arguably, along with potentially Menengola, um, man of the match. So it's hard to choose between them. And you'd like to give Salmon at the age of 22. Um, however, I think for me, with the hopes that I've previously had on guys like JJ, mm-hmm. um, Jermaine Jones, who at times I remember that a plus 10 tackle game, yeah. I think it was against Adelaide. Interstate, yeah, one of yeah. the interstate teams. Um, and players that unfortunately have looked really, really great but just formed through our system uh, at times, even Darcy Lang. Yeah, um, yeah. We're not sure what happens uh, has happened to the hyphen now since he's left the club, although yeah. we know the talent that he had. Even Jordan Murdoch, when we were talking early stages, very early stages mm-hmm. about whether he's best suited halfback or to the wing and... So yeah. I'm at this stage. I don't want to fuel the hype up too much. <laughs> yeah, um, I understand. Yeah, you I, can do that. Look, anyway. I, under- I understand, but look, I'm just yeah. I'm 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 happy for him to to have um, to have um, earned his spot back and and put in a good performance. That's, yeah, and, that's and, pretty much it. And now he can cannot be not selected yeah, for next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. This coming week. Exactly. So he's whether or not he's so we, we, you know, Scott we hope likes and the coaches like it, they have to put him in for the team. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, a great, great game and will be interesting going forward, noting the players that didn't play in 2019 that we've got on our list, a.k.a. Fogarty, um, Sam Simpson. We'll talk about Charlie Constable and these likes a little bit later. We've got a bit of depth there, and yes, it's young, um, and yes, we know the some of the change in the guy that may occur in the season to come, but whether or not those will be blooded sooner rather than later, and at what stage, noting where they are in the ladder. Narkel and Mitch Duncan going down. Zach, how big a miss are those? They're a big miss. I mean, Duncan's a, a mainstay of the midfield now, has been for a while, so clean user of the footy as well, makes good choices. Narkel's had a breakout year for mine. He's been the highlight for me watching from afar. He's, we've all known that he's shown little sparkle, sparkles and this and that, but he's really come of age, I think, so he'll be missed as well. I don't think they'll play next week. I know Scotty tried to hype it up and make it sound a bit more positive, but road trip to Perth, I think, it's just going to be... a just be a little bit too hard for them to get up and I wouldn't risk them anyway I think I can't remember oh we have one of the Perth teams after Collingwood over there so I dare say they'd get them up for that one mm. Quinton Narkel and Mitch Duncan against Collingwood how big of a miss is that for you all? oh well they're you know in a in an ideal situation they would be in the best 22 um, so obviously it's uh, you know it's not ideal in, in, in the slightest but um you know, these are the the slings and arrows that you know get get thrown at you during the during the uh, year, I guess. So um, you just have to roll with the punches, as they say, and um, we'll just uh, see who who comes in. I'm sure whoever comes in will, you know, either deserve it or will do do the job um, that's required of them Um, and we can't we can't really speculate too much on 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 who that may be because it could be a number of players so um, we'll wait and see the the extent of the injuries though um, just on that point would you worry about Narkel's age and it being a soft tissue injury a hamstring injury would you worry to, are you worried that, that, about could that, become, has that Scott, it could become a recurring? Yeah, thing? Are you, or is Scott dispelled those for you? Oh, I, I would think that. Um, I I would think that the coach and the powers that be, you know, would would um would know better. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, they I I would I would trust in in them to make the 
a sensible call. I don't think that uh, it's going to lead to ongoing issues. You know, players... I mean, look at Brandon Parfit, for instance. He had a bad hamstring injury um, at one point. I believe it may have been 2018. Um, He's come back and, you know, he's possibly in career-best form at the the moment. So... um, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all. Obviously, we, we've we had horror stories with with some players, even, you know, non, non-Geelong players having soft tissue injuries and then kind of having issues for the remainder of their career. But, um, you know, we know Cockatoo has had some problems in that regard. But um, given he is an explosive type as well, I'd hope that it just... Uh, you know, it's one of these niggles that he can get over. Yeah. Uh, the thing for me is Mitch Duncan is probably actually... If he, if Mitch Duncan was to get an injury, this would be the injury that I would like him to get a low-grade hamstring because he's not explosive. He's not out of place. He's so good with the ball in hand and his football IQ is so good that he doesn't actually need pace and he plays that centre-to-half-back role really well. So mm-hmm. he's one of the players that... I'm not too worried about with a hamstring injury, but with the likes of, yeah, cocky, if it's a Sam Simpson type player, if it's explosiveness out of the block, um, yeah. then you do worry, I guess. Um, but the, the sentiments from Scott after the game were that they weren't too serious, it seems, so you can only go off that. It seems they'll be, we'll assume that they'll be missing at least just the Collingwood game, and we'll see from there. But... Who comes in from there is the question. We've had a lot of comments and questions um, from some fans. Yep. Yeah, well, some of them raising Charlie Constable. I yeah, think Charlie Charlie Constable being uh, being raised as one of the one of the options. Um, a bit of a uh, few questions in regards to why he uh, why he seemingly is on the outer or hasn't been. Hasn't been getting a a game. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure there's reasons as to why that is. And uh, also Jordan Clark and Lockie Fogarty are other discussions as well. So Blake Kenyans, Charlie Constable, is he going to get a game? And if he does or not, will he be leaving at the end of the year? Zach, throw that one to you. Um, whether he gets a game or not, look. I'd I'd be more tentative to say no because I feel like there would have been enough chances for him to get a game as is. I think if he doesn't get a game this week, that'd nearly that'd nearly be it for the year. I think we can't predict what's going to happen with other injuries, of course. But he's someone that I highly rate. I know a lot of people inside the club rate him highly as well. So I'm a bit amiss as to why he's not in the team. He's hardly ever talked about for selection either, which is a bit worrying for me. Um, but they they are looking of bring looking to bring um a f- the full squad to this yes. this hub scenario, <clears throat> yeah. aren't they? Yeah. They will. And look in in regards to him leaving, look Geelong they they play the the culture and the loyalty card a lot, which which usually works. And the and the club has a wonderful culture and the loyalty nine times out of ten is there we've seen before when we were winning flags people were willing to take pay cuts to stay because the culture is good probably not quite to the extent now but he's going to look around and think well there's probably 10 11 maybe 12 other teams or i could be getting a game every week and you could hardly blame him for that he probably does want to stay Mm. but you know he he's not pursuing this career unfortunately to play in the VFL he wants to be a bona fide AFL player and if he needs to go elsewhere well there's plenty of other players who do which would be sad because he's a very good talent Harry Gowdy said I want him to play too but it's really hard for him to get a spot and they won't drop Simpson as he had a ripper game last night he may get his chance next week if Duncan and Knuckle are not fit for me it's an interesting one because we know his qualities from last year He's a fantastic contested ball winner. He's been spoken in the same frame, in the same light as Patrick Cripps in that mould, mm. in that similar the tallness and I guess yeah. the, what he could build into. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, and this is the point for me, and 
with the slower, uh, sorry, with the limited game, the 16-minute stoppages, mm-hmm. higher intensity, higher energy, what did we see that was a disadvantage for Chook's game in 2019? His lack of speed. speed. Yeah. And I think that is where you're going to fall through. So mm. if you're not being selected for me, we can speculate all we like, but for me, that would be my top speculation, I guess. Spot on. Spot yeah. on, yeah. Yeah, uh, but then again, you could argue that um, if he's an inside ball winner, does he really need to be that fast? You need some, Yeah, but given given the the quarter times and the way the game's being played, you probably do. I think you do because it opens in, up in, and... in a regular season game when you have your regular quarter lengths you're spot on not every midfielder needs to be fast you need a mix but given that we have what 15 yeah, six, have 16, yeah, 16, 16 minute minutes, quarters yeah, you probably do need more pace and that's going to work against it and so is the ladder position I mean if we were finishing down down the bottom so to speak they'd probably be looking ahead and say, well, we might not gift him a game, but give him a few games to try and persuade him to stay. But if you're at the top of the ladder or close to it, you're not going to do that, are you? Mm. 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 Ben Anderson, speaking of pace, says, I'd love to know why Clark isn't getting a game. He was incredible all last year and didn't miss a game until his injury, but truly that's all healed. Mm. It's a tough one here because we saw Colin Jasny not playing games at the start of the year. Mm. Um, yeah. Eagles involved there. Zach Tui this season has improved since he came back from injury last season. What I'd put down as a almost a Sam Mangola type season for Zach Tui. He didn't seem like he was he didn't Zach seem like Tui. Himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And we've seen Chark come out and produce great things this season mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and maybe potentially overtake Zach Tui as one of the 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 defenders that you really can't take out of there. Yeah. So it's a tough one, but we Jordan Clark does have the ability we've seen last year to we switched him up forward. We've used him on the wing. So if we're losing Narkel for me, it's a easy one. Right against Collingwood, we need quick players. I'd bring in Jordan Clark. Collingwood, I don't think they'll have the energy that no. Jordan Clark will have at all. I think the di- the dimensions of Optus Stadium would suit him as well. A big open sort of a ground to use that pace. And Collingwood are a, a quick side. That burned Hawthorne on Friday, who aren't mm. the quickest side. So mm. maybe not a good comparison, but we need that speed. Mm. Mm. We talk about we talked about players that have played all Sam Simpson just now and Charlie Constable and Clark who hasn't. And I think one of the advantages is that we have such a big squad. Ex- Exclusively in our back line and Chris Scott prior to the last match had stated that he intends to play Lockie Henderson in the coming weeks or so which was an interesting remark for me because with Cole Jasny, Taylor and Blitz in the team that would that mean one would be arrested or managed or where would that yeah where are you going to fit he played so against Collingwood you can't play that because no. we saw that against Richmond last year a similar sort of style if that's going to happen, then, yeah, I think we're just going to get broken. For me, Jordan Clark has to play. So if Jordan Clark, Quinton Narkel, okay, yep, and Clark on the wing, Straight you can swap. make a, a few mm. um, tinkers there. Mitch Duncan is the other one. I think that's Jack Stephen, Mitch Duncan. Yep. Yeah, it's probably, yeah that's, I think so. that's probably a, just a, with different a positions. So I think yeah. that's the advantage for Menangola being able to play different positions yeah. as well. So Menangola can pick up where... And it, we have players on the bench that can play. Mitch Duncan isn't fixed into one particular role while yeah, he has played out the wing. Top. He has played out more towards the back line. So, yeah. And it's the same for Menangola and the same for Brandon Parfit being in the guts this year. Yeah. So I think that's the advantage that... We can roll a we lot of it. options through through the midfield. Yeah. Um, and um, obviously the help, one of the major helpful things of recent weeks has um, been the increase in uh, match fitness for Jack Stephen. Mm. Um, still probably some way to go with 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 his fitness, but um, seems to be getting more involved in, in the matches and obviously had a good last quarter against the Gold Coast and uh, kicked his first goal for the club with a nice finish. Rocky D'Amelio says... 
Fort is the number one Ruckman and Stanley is a backup only. <laughs> and secondly, Ablett must play on in 2021. First off there, Darcy Fort. He's been fantastic last couple of weeks. Is he the number one Ruckman? Has he struck off Reece Stanley, assuming Stanley is fit? You'd want to answer it. Come on. Oh, uh, uh, well. I mean, he's he's doing very well at the moment. So, given, given the form, you keep giving him games, I'd say. Give him... Uh, based on his form, you give him games. Which means that Reese would have to train the house down to get the spot back. Which is what you want. You want that co- competition for positions competition for spots so um, yeah there's no I don't know if he, I, I don't know if it's a 100% um, you know no questions asked for what is number one um, over over Stanley but um, you could you could say that he's uh, more of a yeah more of that traditional Ruckman and Stanley's more mobile and, and more, more explosive out of the centre, but um, Fort's second and third efforts seem pretty good at the moment, and his kicking's not too bad either. A few times he's been able to, um, you know, long kicks to uh, big Sav taking taking marks. Um, yeah, his second and third efforts have been uh, yeah. Notable really, for really sure. Well. We, yeah. really we'll, we'll know the answer by the end of the next three weeks at the Perth Hub because he's going to have Brody Grundy this week. He's going to have Nick Nanui either the week after or the two weeks and then he'll have probably Sean Darcy for Fremantle who's a pretty good ruckman as well. But I think particularly after Grundy and Nanui, I think then we'll be able to answer the question. If he can at least hold his own or maybe even beat them in some area of the game, I think then we'll know a lot more about how he's tracking along. As a, as a, yeah, this will be a wonderful test, I, I think, think the next fortnight. I think that and is you know, And you back him in, to make. and I'd back him in the entire way. I'd say, all right, these next three weeks, like, this isn't the be-all and end-all for him, but this is a good little assessment for where he's at. Yeah, see, see, uh, see how much he's improved. Because he's not going to be playing against just battling Ruckman or good honest Ruckman. He's going to be playing against all Australian elite standard Ruckman, particularly Brody Grundy. Mm. Mm. Also, yeah. Rocky's second comment there Ablett must play on in 2021 no pun intended here Zach but can we nip that in the bud <laughs> I don't think he will I, I, I'd love for him to continue so Ollie's just looking at me oh, is he going to take Sam Simpson's place probably not. <laughs> um, I, look we'd all love we'd love for him to play forever wouldn't he because he's, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's just a Little legend. He is one of the best we've ever seen, if not the best. But I think we could probably understand, given what he's admitted about his son, which is your hearts go out to him Yeah. for that as well. As a father myself, you can't really imagine how that news would be to sort of sink in. So I think family would be coming first for Gary, which we'd all understand. But if he wants to play on, go for it. Yeah, yeah. It's totally his... He's earned the right for that to be his call every year. Um, so we'll wait and see. We need to... I think I think it was David King that said on the telly on the weekend, we just need to enjoy every last minute and every last game that we have for Gary Ablett because I don't know if we'll fully appreciate him until he has retired about just what he's brought to the team and the things that he's done. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So when you're in your last season with the Cats at the age of 36 with numerous Brownlows, numerous premierships to your name... Every single pretty much record in the book he can win as a midfielder right there. And there's a question, yes, it's likely. We will make finals, most likely, but we still might not. This might be the last time that we see Gaz in an 18-game format and Mm. six games a third into that. Let's address the comments from Bruce McAvoy, which led to a theme from McAvaney, which led to a theme from Channel 7 at... He's struggling. He's str- I, I know what he was trying to say in that moment of time, but it was, for me, it came across the, the theme being this is a young, hungry Brisbane outfit and Geelong as the old kind yeah. of the changing of the guard here. Exactly, yes. And yes. Terry Wallace, he's yeah. come he out on out Twitter and, yep. and said the AFL, the 7 AFL didn't handle that well. 
babbled comments. Mm. Um, and in the second half, especially, even when he was playing extremely well, didn't really acknowledge that, um, yeah, what, what a good game he is having and how special it is just to watch him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I thought I just found the comment. Yeah, a, a lot of people have found the comment rather puzzling, um, just given the nature that uh, he he kicked the goal from sixty at thirty six years of age. I don't think a player is struggling if they're able to do that. I thought he was talking about himself rather than Gary. <laughs> some, he's struggling some, of the, some of the comments just oh, uh, just yeah going over I mean, the head a little bit, but um. No, it's COVID and there's self-isolation <laughs> right now, but uh, not that we would implore anyone to drink uh, that much, but fun drinking game might be every time Bruce says, gee, have a drink. Or, or any time he asks any time he asks a question... You just that, get the feeling that... Yeah, don't you, don't you, don't, don't you, yeah. Any time he asks a question that doesn't really need answering... <laughs> The silence no, 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 no. for me <laughs> says everything. Yeah, well, where, where do we take that? You know, um, just uh, look, interesting individual, Bruce. I think he's got to assess whether he's struggling. I think if you're saying that about someone like Gary Ablett, he might need to look at what he's doing. <laughs> I think I see him as just a fan, a fan fiction, and as part of sports commentary, which we've had and. Yeah, has passed. We've, we, we, in the past, we've seen the videos of him with Winks and his delight afterwards. And we've <laughs> loved those. Yeah. And we loved some of his calls and the gee whiz and the, oh, gee, oh, yeah. boy, yeah. you just get the feeling that. But <laughs> for year after Special. year, it, yeah. when you do have Joe Watson, who's a very measured, very, very measured caller, almost um, Waitley-like yeah. for a footballer to be mm. that calm collective measured mm. next to you it just comes off as really really yeah a brash so, yeah, almost. So, some, yeah some of it can be kind of yeah seem a little brash but that's always been his style you know and there's people that go for that there's people that go for but for, i'd say pete i'd say it wouldn't it hasn't been always been his style because he's been up against commentators that who's who's waiting up on on 360 robo I'd say he's a lot more brash than yes. Bruce. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and a lot more Jonathan Brown, players like that, yeah. especially. Mm. It, mm. I think say it how I like to yeah, tell it how it is. Yeah, tell it how it yeah, is. Sure. Um, so I don't think he is. I think he he generally is trying to be just measured and and the one dictating the play, but he just got it wrong on the night. Yeah. And um, for two weeks running now, this is after the body shaming incident now. So oh, yeah, I with think the... you would need to be held accountable. <laughs> was it Jake, Jake Stringer? Was yeah, it? Jake Stringer. Yeah. And Bruce. he had a good, he had a, he had, was, he had a good game. But... Regardless of whether he yeah, did he or he not, I yeah, think yeah, it needs a... to be addressed. Uh, yeah. We've got to get Dennis committee back down there. <laughs> uh... Dennis, where are you? Yeah. I need you uh... right now. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think we can move on from Bruce. from Bruce's comments to be honest yeah so we had Joanne Coverdale what got Chucky so fired up to play one of his best games or was it because he felt at home at his old ground curious being back at the Sydney cricket ground interesting um, comment there actually and being back there without there, there is a bit of realism to that being back there without Sydney fans who would be the majority there and the majority being potentially Cats fans, um, even though not many at the stadium. Mm. But he did come out of the block. Yeah, absolutely. Like taken some yeah. serious pre-workout. <laughs> yes, yes. Like a ball out of the gate, you know. Just, um, but that that's his that's his style. It's a throwback to to last year. The early season form of Gary Rowan last year was very much the same. So. Thankful that he got off from, um, you know, the, the possible... Uh... He never should have been a reporter, should he, Zach? I don't think so. I could... No, no, I don't think so. Even the, uh, even the late bump that he... But, it... yeah. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, it's pretty standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but define late. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how late is... Yeah. But that depends on who you ask. I mean, yeah. some would have looked at that and said, oh, yeah, it's blatantly late, you should be reported, and then others will say, oh, it's maybe borderline, we'll just yeah. let, him get, let him off. Yeah. The, the great thing what people can do on social media is now is slow down, which makes it so much worse than it is. And we saw, I think there was a Joel Selwood sling getting sent around on social media. I'm not sure if you boys saw it. Um, but in real time, it, there's nothing yeah, to it. You didn't, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if you slow it down, it looks perhaps worse. Yeah. It often does. Yeah. yeah. Slow it down. Yeah. Just get on with it. I think we've addressed who comes in for Narkel. Um, Harry Gowdy would like Stephen to come in for Narkel. Fogarty for Ablett. Ablett was talked about having potentially a rest yes, before yes. the game. So I wouldn't be surprised there, but knowing that we're two key players down, I'm not sure if this is the game for it. Or against a high-pressure outfit in Collingwood, is this a game that you'd want to maybe leave him out for? Four finals time. Possibly. Um, although, again, he's playing good football at the moment, having impact from a short or from a few, you know, amount of, of touches. He's still having a, a large amount of score involvements and goal assists and these sorts of things. So. You want your best players playing often. Um, big game players for big games. It's got to play. David Simpson says Menegola has gone to the next level without Kelly. I completely agree with that. Not only Menegola, but I'll point. put Brandon Puff into that category yes, as well. Yeah, yeah. The two players that as well, yes. have been Absolutely. the most improved in our middle forward area um, that have been absolutely sublime. So, I guess... Before we go into the preview of Collingwood, we can address what we've seen in the style of game so far. The 16-minute stoppage is... Um, we've just come off a game reviewing Richmond versus uh, Sydney, which finished 34-26. to 26. Mm. Now, I know it was f- not fantastic weather, mm. but... What are your general sentiments here regarding, first off, the quarters being played and, secondly, the scoring? Scoring's <clears throat> scoring's pretty diabolical when you're only getting, what, that's not even six goals, 34, so that's not... And that's a winning score. And that's a winning score, exactly. I mean, the weather would come into play for some of that, and when it rains up in Brisbane, it can rain pretty heavy, but... Depends on the style that, that the team is playing, Richmond and Sydney. Sydney sometimes play a more contested style and want to... Um, They've always played that traditionally. Ball close. Yeah. yeah. But very unlike Richmond to be scoring that, that low, they normally play a pretty attacking and free-flowing sort of a game. So that was a little bit different. And they like, But they like it to go quick and maybe, maybe the, the game was slow. So. Well, they're missing a lot of their good players as well. well don't yeah. get me wrong, I don't mind seeing Richmond not doing so well. <laughs> That's okay, but... But Look, they won the game. We, we've had it's been a real variation though. Like the Frio yeah. St Kilda game was a beauty. Like St Kilda, I thought mm. I saw the quarter time score. I thought, oh, good on them. I don't mind. I like Brett Bratton as a coach. I'm happy to see them do well. But mm. who would have thought Freo would have been able to fight back and mm. actually win that one? It been mm. some great games. Mm. It has been topsy turvy. We'll talk about. I know it was an atrocious loss for us, just because it was Carlton and it was our home ground. And it was a close finish in the end. But for the neutral, a, a fantastic game, being the margin that it was, how it came down to the wire. Um, and also the recent Frio St Kilda game, as you pointed out. But at the same time, for me, I think the key thing is with not only 16-minute stoppage time plays, mm. but also the nature of the game and the fast intensity that it's being played at mm. is that... The the story of we need to play like that four quarters is completely out of the book. Mm-hmm. And what can be done is we need one good quarter mm-hmm. to win a game, mm-hmm. which is what we saw in the last match against Brisbane. Yeah, The mm-hmm. only quarter that we won was the third quarter. 
But we every other quarter we won it easily. Every other quarter, Brisbane scored more points than us. Yes. We destroyed them in one quarter and we still won the game completely yeah. easily. So all you need now is a flash of momentum, a four or five minute period, and it can absolutely destroy the opposition. Yeah. So I think the premiership quarter, I think that's even out of the book. Yeah. Mm. It it can mm. be a second quarter and it can yeah, that's first, first yeah, first quarter, second quarter, any of the quarters. Um, all you need is that momentum and it'll come down to whichever teams can uh, you know harness the momentum that they that they have the opportunity to harness and um, you know take advantage of, of whatever opportunities they, they do get um, and you know it's football it's typically a, a game of momentum anyway but this is like a extreme version of that, I guess. It's mm. an extreme example of that this season. Yeah. That's what we've seen with Gold Coast, with the players that we thought on the roster, I guess, before the season started, we wouldn't have thought they'd... Well, I, for me, I wouldn't have thought they'd have done what they have done so far, have certainly exceeded my expectations. What they've done that is with their pressure. And the pressure acts, and, just and the, the attack sheer the ball talent and the of their the sheer talent of their youngsters, Matt yeah. R- Matt Rowell, Isaac Rankin. Ooh, he's a um, player. Yeah, how good was was that his first game? First game. One? That was um yeah that was mm. quality. There was some really good moments. King, we know is already good. Lacocious. He seems like he's settled in the in the back line for now. But it's not the structure. I mean, yes, there is no element of structure, but it's the intensity around the ball. Yeah. Which we saw against Youthful exuberance. in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's another factor as well, for sure. Um, and, you know, Stewie Jew would be getting them to, you know, really gene them up to, to play that sort of a, a game. And uh, it seems like they're gradually building... You know, a, a culture of wanting to take it up to teams um, and not just get run over. And uh, they're, they're there to try and win games now rather than just going through the motions. Um, when you have a player like Matt Rowell at you know, 18 years of age speaking to the media and saying, you know, we want to win more games this year, we're not just here to just turn up anymore. A pl- you know, a player of uh, his his, well, frankly, inexperience at the at the top level, um, but just the confidence of of a player like that. He's he's a supremely confident young man. Clearly, already seems like a leader f- for them, and he's played a handful of games. Yeah, you were saying to me, I think off air that. He reminds you of he, young, he just seems to remind me of of the of a young um, Michael Jordan for um, Chicago, first arriving Kobe, <laughs> <laughs> first arriving at Chicago and being you know just being the best player in the team immediately. Same thing with uh, Wayne Gretzky at um, Edmonton Oilers in the NHL. Same sort of thing. He he turns up um, and is. Instantly, the the best player in the team, the best player in the in the league, um, wins the MVP in his uh, rookie season, and yeah, there was a possibility that Rao was on his way to a a uh, large amount of votes at the end of the year for um, a, a certain individual award, but um, wasn't to be with the the injury it seems at the moment. But look. Supremely talented, and he's got a long career ahead of him if he can keep his body intact. Mm, I think that'll be the key. Yeah, whether he pulls a yeah, yeah, led. I'd say a Trace McGrady with the injuries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whether whether he, whether he proves to be a Michael Jordan or whether he proves to be a yeah, whether he proves to be a Kobe or whether he proves to be a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it depends. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we're talking different codes now. We're getting off the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but, Craigie and Colin, Zach, 
what are you expecting going into this match? I know high pressure outfit again. We know what they were like in 2019, 2020. Unfortunately, they've seemed to just produce that plus more, plus these youthful, exuberant stars that have come into it. I was at Quainer. We saw a little bit of last year. He is killing it right now. Mm. They had another debutante last weekend who impressed very well. Will Kelly, um, unfortunately, going out. Mm. But a fantastic team in every department. You look up forward and like, it's hard to see really... Dugowie back this weekend, as much as I hate to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Stevenson, Majacek in the middle, Trelaw, Adams, Taylor, who also drifts down back. And then down back, I've got Darcy Moore, who is... Oh, was on halfway point mid-year, was on track to be All-Australian, mm. along with Bra- um, Maynard, who's a fantastic halfback, mm. break the mm. liner, mm. likes to drift forward. Mm. He's playing for his contract, isn't he, Darcy Moore? Him and Jordan Dugowie are battling it out for the last contract at Collingwood. But, um, no, look, it'll be a tough game. They're a really... They're a disciplined side, Collingwood, and they're really well structured up. For all for all the uh, off, off, uh, off-field stuff that they have to deal with. No, let Eddie deal with all yeah. that. <laughs> for all, for all the stuff they have to deal with, they, they do play... You know, they are a... a Polish football team. Yeah. We're yeah. agreeing Eddie can yeah. win hypocrite of the year, by the way. <laughs> we all agree with that. But anyway, <laughs> anyway look, they play, they play a lot like Nathan Buckley did. They're, they're a well-skilled, disciplined, structured team, a lot like how he played. But mm. They're hard to score against as well. Collingwood, so forwards, they're going to they're gonna have to be on their game for sure. I mean, every part of the ground, as you said, they've got star. I didn't even mention everywhere. Grundy, Trelaw... Uh, mm. Side bottom, um, yeah, Pendlebury. Yeah, I, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got names everywhere. everywhere really, yeah. I think we spoke about it before. I'm actually out of every every aspect of the game. I'm looking forward to Darcy Ford against Brody Grundy because we spoke about it before. This big test for him. Yeah, it, I'm massive. Biggest, biggest test in Brody, the game. Yeah, I, I have Brody Grundy slightly ahead of Max Gorn myself. Yeah, you yeah. debate that, but he's yeah. slightly ahead for me. Just that bit more mobile around the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bit like Brad Otten's, probably more mobile, but can go forward, kick goals, gets lots of touches, does more than just being a traditional tap ruckman per se. Yeah, but no, that's going to be a massive test for him. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes. Yeah, and it's going to pr- probably be pivotal to the outcome of the game. Yeah, definitely. Selwood and Pendlebury, you'd like to see them run with each other for a quarter or two. That'd be good to see, just two champions going at it. And uh, look, if, if Geelong can get on top, you know, Hawkins tends to have a, just tends to have a good game most of the time when Geelong's playing well. So Whether he doesn't kick them, whether it's being unselfish. Yeah, um, I'm sure he'll be involved. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, because it's very rare that he just isn't involved in the game or has, you know, barely any touches or only a handful of touches. So um, if he can be involved and kick his, you know, the standard two or three goals, you know that the ball has been in our area um, and hopefully that translates to, you know, points on the scoreboard um, or goals on the scoreboard rather than points. Um, but uh, <laughs> Gary Rowan as well. We've yep. always we've always said he's you know he's an impact player. Esava the last couple of weeks Esava, has yes. been yeah. clunking them, or if not clunking them, at least bringing them to gl- yeah. to ground yeah. where he shouldn't even be able to touch the ball <laughs> in certain situations. Um, six foot six and yeah, moving around. Mm. Yeah. For me, I think one of the key ones will be how we handle the mids and half forwards their pace I know Jamie Elliott might be out this upcoming week I'm not sure I'll have to double check that I think he was he was definitely injured in the game but I'm not sure if he's an out for the upcoming week but they, look they've got an array of small forward mids who can just constantly constantly pressure and similarly they had a couple that weren't playing as well exactly but similarly the game we just played Brisbane have a similar style with the players that they have Charlie Cameron 
um, and their mids being able to push forward. So how we contain them down at half back, ideally, like we did against Brisbane, where Blitz and other players played out their mind and were able to get it out, force a stoppage, or at least if not force a stoppage, then win the ball and get it upfield. And our efficiency was fantastic. And we did get inside our forward 50. So for me, I think the game will be won and lost as to how we handle it at the half back line. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And the dimension of the ground also, we touched on before. It's a big, big open ground, very much like the MCG. So that'll favour Collingwood slightly. We probably prefer the SCG sort of style for us. But you can have players like Jed Buse, he'd probably go to, I'd say, Jaden Stevenson or maybe a Jordan Degoe. So we're going to need these small to medium backs that we have. They're going to have to have a really good game. Yeah. Mark O'Connor mm. as well. Mm. Yeah. Pressure's going to be on, on, on every player. But um, you know, one one factor that won't be involved in the game is is the crowd, or you know, the the typical um, the toothless army that we <laughs> have. Yeah, yeah, yeah the uh, the the G squad or the uh, you know just large amount of typically we're um, outnumbered when it comes to a Collingwood and Geelong game but that isn't a factor in 2020 at the moment so um hopefully you know it leads to a more even game or hopefully Geelong can get on top quicker yeah exactly yep it is interesting touching on Optus Stadium there and how that's been highlighted just by you because I find it hilarious when some of the commentators touch on Kutini Park and its dimensions now, when there's no people at the ground, it does it really hold significant difference? I know we know the stadium like it's our own back garden, but I think that was one of the advantages playing against Brisbane, which wasn't highlighted. SCG is the closest you can get in its dimensions to Kutini Park. Mm. Yeah, spot on. Look, the dimensions of the ground do. I mean, a lot West Coast... It, not always, because West Coast don't have a great record at the MCG. They don't play here that often, but you would think, given the dimensions, are pretty similar. Well, I think they, 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 they... Did they not build um, the the stadium with that in mind? To try oh, and look, you know, they, improve they may, their... They, they, they may all do, but look, the crowd noise comes into it as well. Remember Alan Richardson a few years ago, the voice of affirmation when you go to Perth. You know, the Perth yeah. team's always... Yeah, that... that uh, always get a good That go. extra man or, you know... But look, you're going to get teams like Collingwood who whinge no matter what happens at the free kicks. You're going to get <laughs> Alistair Clarkson who whinges every week free, no matter free what happens. Corner, so... Yeah. They, they both play a factor, no doubt yeah. about that. I mean, yeah. Sydney... Have beaten Geelong the last few times at Cadinia Park. Could the dimension of the ground be part of that? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. Do you think it's to our huge favour the amount of games that we've been given at Cadinia Park, or is it irrelevant for the fact that there isn't fans there when they're playing at Cadinia Park? Uh, well. First off, I think all 11 of our games should be at Cadinia Park anyway, in my opinion. But we'll all of our games? Yeah, every single one. Yeah. Could you... Yeah, anyway, we'll... we'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah, another I'll, idea. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave that for another day. But <laughs> no doubt, again, not having the crowd noise does play into it. Sam Mitchell actually mentioned before we played Hawthorne that he said, you know, this would be the best time to play Geelong at Cadinia Park when there's no crowds there. So it would depend on how the team handle it as well. Yeah, and, and when it comes to, like, end of the season, you know, final success and this sort of thing, if um, if there's still no crowds involved or if there's still uncertainty and, you know, random fixture changes and these strange situations, it's going to be the, the teams that um, handle these unprecedented circumstances yeah, the look, best that, that actually... Yeah end up successful at the end but of the But you year. think that when you have teams like Gold Coast, GWS, North, St Kilda who play in front of virtually nobody every week. I mean, one of my friends went to the 2017 prelim between GWS and Richmond and he was adamant that the voice of the Richmond crowd won them the game just because it was 99 to 1 yeah, with ratio. The, uh, with the jet engine um, Yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes that can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
with the uh, yeah, and and it can sway an umpire's decisions. Oh, it does. It's yeah. been proven again. Yeah. Perth, even Adelaide, when they're up and about as well, Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so they, yeah, it's it's a factor that impacts games that is no longer there at the moment. But look, I think one one last thing. At the end of the day, if a team's good enough, they can win anywhere. If you go back to 07, 08, 09 for us, in 08, we only lost one game to Collingwood, the MCG. So we won all of our interstate trips. So if you're good enough, you can win anywhere with any crowd. It doesn't matter. Couldn't agree right. more. That's right. Well said. It's probably a, a nice way to finish. And yeah. on that note, <laughs> go Cats, I think. Yeah. Go Catters. Go Cats.